Uh, my first reaction was, and we were talking to our good friend Eric Elper on the air uh, yesterday when this uh, happened. Yes. Was Andy Kim's not in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame? <laughs> what took so long, Andy? Well, you know what? I always, um, I, I have this this kind of thing um, that I've always believed as a kid. Um, I've always believed that God's always on time. Not my time, not your time, not what anyone <laughs> else's time. When it's time, it's time. So what that has done is kind of alleviate a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to think that, you know, I should have been there before. No, you know what? It's going to be or not going to be because, you know, this whole life of mine has been kind of this magical wonderland. And, um, and I'm still alive and I'm still recording and I'm still going to do my 15th uh, anniversary Christmas show this year. I'm, I'm just... I'm doing everything that I love to do. Well, listen, 2019, I mean, not only the induction of the, into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame, but you just mentioned the 50th anniversary of Sugar Sugar. Has this been a real year of reflection for you then? I mean, these are some pretty big milestones. Can I, can I admit something? I hate reflection. I, really? I, yeah. yeah. I've, I've never looked back, and I always, um, friends of mine will tell you that I may be absent-minded a little this way, but I really don't like to look back. I don't like to reminisce. I just want to move forward and be present at the moment. Is that a thing, do you think, with artists? Because I noticed that particularly with uh, music acts and musical artists, that uh, they don't necessarily like to look back on their previous works. To your point, you're always looking forward, always looking to the next thing, the new thing. Well, I, I think it kind of keeps you alive that way. Not to say that this... This past year has not been a year of reflection. Um, you know, 50 years ago, magic happened. And, and, um, and then 45 years ago, magic happened again. So two number one records. But um, the consequences of that, I, I just think that, that um, I never stayed in that moment. So it's always new to me when someone brings up Sugar Sugar, Rock Me Gently. I kind of, oh, yeah. I... Because people ask me, well, how do you, how did you do that? I have no idea, because it's always in the moment, mm-hmm. and and I'm not, I'm not too interested in kind of changing that now, but I've come to a certain point in my life where um, uh, there's a lot of uh, memories and a lot of, um, uh, just a lot of footprints that that now I'm looking at and saying how lucky I have been, how blessed I have been, to have been a kid from Montreal who. Went to New York with just two chords, but I had a dream. And I think most artists feel that it's a dream. You know? yeah. Well, listen, since you uh, loathe uh, reflecting, uh, let me ask you to do a bit of that. Uh, <laughs> since we have you here and we've been talking about the 50th anniversary of Sugar Sugar, 
Are you as surprised as anyone how that song not only originally uh, took off, but the fact that, yeah, uh, half a century later, it still resonates? Uh, it just, you can see it in people's faces when it comes on the radio, <laughs> or I'm sure when you play it in concert. Absolutely. Right? You know what? The interesting thing for me is that May 24th, 1969, Baby I Love You hit the American charts for the first time. Mm-hmm. May 24th, 1969, Sugar Sugar was released, but nobody wanted to play it, and it only hit the charts in July. Okay. And here we are 50 years later, knowing that, you know, Wilson Pickett, Ike and Tina Turner, Bob Marley, and countless other people have recorded this song. And the truth is, I'm just... I'm thankful that people liked it because I've always loved from the inception the idea of the song. You know, I don't know why, but it always made me happy and always made me feel good. And um, to think, well, it's a lesson. Don't don't take no for an answer as the final answer. In what way, sorry? Well, for six weeks, radio station refused to play Sugar Sugar. Because it's the year of Woodstock. We're going to the moon. Um, uh, the Beatles have broken up and they're performing on the rooftop. And you get this song by a non-group. It's a comic book. Yeah, the Archies. The, the yeah. Archies. So nobody know, What is the Archies? And, and so the, the, nobody sees it as anything other than a gimmick. And this song lives longer. I think it'll live longer than, than, than me, you know. And so... I just, I don't have an answer, but I'm really blessed to have been a part of it. You say that it makes you feel good like it does so many others. Was there a time having to perform that for so many years afterwards, uh, knowing that you would have to do it? Uh, did you have kind of mixed feelings about it for a period no, of time? I, or? I, I rail against artists who say I'm tired of singing my hits. I, I, I have no use for that kind of thought. And, and what's great about Sugar Sugar is I only start the song. The audience... 10,000 people Mm -hmm. sing the song, every word, everything. So I'm I'm part of a celebration at that point. And it's been that way for 50 years. And that's the ultimate compliment, isn't it, for an artist when you're on stage? It doesn't matter what country or what city you're in and what language is being spoken. That song will be sung by the audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm a, I'm like the conductor at that point, <laughs> but it's such a beautiful feeling to know, um, that it's lived this long because it brings a smile. It brings happiness, whether you're eight or 88, you know, the song. Yeah. Do you feel as if you're a bit of a torchbearer? I mean, on this occasion being inducted into the Canadian Music uh, Hall of Fame, I mean, you were one of uh, the first Canadian acts to really break big, break big on Billboard and in the States and uh, around the world. Do you feel like uh, you're a bit of a torchbearer? You know, some people tell me that. I'm I'm just the third of four brothers that needed to run away from the Montreal winter. <laughs> and so, um, no, I, you know, Upon reflection, as I said, this year, people will come to me. Uh, um, you know, I recorded an album with the great Kevin Drew of Broken Social Scene, and uh, we wrote songs together. I, am, I traveled with the band. I'm a different demographic, but it's really great to think that music transcends all barriers and brings people together. It's uh, It's something that I've been doing all my life, knowing that... There are artists that are not my genre, 
but they're artists. It's really why I wanted to be involved in a, a big playground where I was just a participant. And uh, whether you're a songwriter or just a singer or a guitar player or sculptor or painter, all these artists come together some kind of way with the feeling that, wow, I can't believe I created this. Mm -hmm. Because there's someone else that's helping you create something. Do you feel uh, enormous pride? I think we all do when we look at uh, Canadian music uh, today and the way Canadians, whether it be Drake, Bieber, Shawn Mendes, that they're just dominating the charts. Uh, and again, I think you're a real forebearer, torchbearer uh, for, for what we see uh, today. Uh, how do you feel when you see those Canadian acts dominating? First of all, I've, I feel so great for them because you don't have to leave home anymore. Hmm. I remember having to leave home and and not that i mean i love new york city and i love the brill building and and all that it taught me you know um banger films and netflix are doing a documentary that'll be out next year on the brill building which is which is a building that housed all the greatest songwriters in america and right. and, and 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 so much more um they don't have to leave home i remember flying home once a week for dinner and the hardest part was my mom crying that I was going back. And um, so you don't have to do that now. And the talent to me has always been here. It's really the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I could, I could tell you what a Canadian, oh, that's a Canadian record. You can almost hear it. And, uh, and now it's... Well, the it's songwriting, incredible. the performances, the production, everything is world-class. And to your point about not even having to leave home, Sean Mendez's latest hit, he even name-checks Toronto in it. He, <laughs> he sings, he says Toronto in it. And uh, I'm sure back in the day, they would, oh, you can't mention a Canadian city. The U.S. stations won't Correct. play it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, I, as I said, I, I'm just so proud and so happy that um, they have this this kind of universal attention. I just want to make sure that they hold on to the, to who they are and where they came from and and understand that it's all ephemeral, you know. Um, hell, the Beatles broke up and, and Elvis passed on too early and John Lennon got shot and we're all very vulnerable and we don't all have the power to keep, uh, you know, sadness away. So So hopefully they'll understand that the crowds will leave you know, they left uh, David Cassidy and they left the monkeys. And so um, enjoy while you have it and make sure that someone's taking good care of your money. Well, listen, it certainly has been a year to celebrate uh, for Andy Kim. Again, congratulations on your induction into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame just announced uh, yesterday. As I mentioned off the top, it's about time. <laughs> well, thank you. And, yeah. and you know, I, I've always wanted to say this, and I, and I don't know if I've said it on the air, but I, I've told Eric this. Um, you know, we all have some form of uh, stick that God gives us to fight the battle with. And yours is your wonderful voice. You have an incredible sounding, whatever it is wow. that God gave you, it's it's really magical. Bless you. Thank you, Andy Kim. I only wish that I could carry a tune like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy, pleasure as always, my you. friend.